Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in... Right here in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. You know, this is not my first National Football League rodeo, as you all know. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The hat is rakish, and I'm rakish in it. If you don't like it, have a more interesting life. Rich Eisen. Today's guest, columnist Pete Thamo. Two-time Super Bowl champion safety, Malcolm Jenkins. 49ers tight end, George Kittle. You know, at the end of the day, they got to wake up tomorrow and have the same life that they had, same personal problems that they had. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Love starting the show with a laugh. Love it. Welcome to this edition of this here program in Los Angeles, California. Hello to the NBC Sports on Peacock, NBC Sports Audio Sirius XM viewers and listeners. We say hello to the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio outfit that uh, brings this show through to your ear gate, coast to coast. Same to the Odyssey app. Listeners in our podcast, consumers at the Cumulus Podcast Network, where this show is broken up into all three hours. You can get us every single day as a podcast form. You can also watch whatever you missed on YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show after everything is over. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you? Hey, Rich. What's happening, man? DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. is in his position once again for a fourth straight day. He might cramp up. Good to see you over there, TJ Jefferson. What do you do, Richie? Candles lit. So you got yourself a new lighter? What do you got? Well, you know, I thought Bic would come through. They haven't yet, so I had to rub two sticks together. Okay, is that what it is? Yeah, but you know, the Boy Scout training, even though I was never a Boy Scout. Who knew the Rich Eisen show is BYOB, bring your own butane. We're on fire today. You know, just get yourself. You know, here's what you do: get 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 a, get a new get a new lighter, and uh, we'll we'll put it on the underhills. It'll be fine. Okay, definitely. Okay. That's why I put everything. Oh, you're gonna have to run that by HR. HR. Run that by human run resources. That, run that by HR. Please. HR. No, I'm, remember, I'm finance. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Welcome to this program. Oh, yeah. hey. Candles lit. Candles lit. Restart this over. We restart this show with why not professional football? Professional football. We all love professional football, yeah. don't we? <laughs> we love the American Football Conference. We love the National Football Conference. And we love the Southeast Conference. Because <laughs> that's professional football. What do you mean, Rich? Wait a minute. That's college football. What are you talking about? <laughs> Out of the, the sport we call collegiate football, but really is professional football, latest indication that I am not just trying to stir it up and be cynical. Kirby Smart. I've heard of him, right? You heard of him? Oh, I've heard of him. He is the head coach of your defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. He is uh, the latest uh, Nick Saban acolyte, former assistant to go elsewhere and try his hand at things and uh, succeed. Kirby Smart has been rewarded for that success. Yep. All those Georgia Bulldogs who left to go to the National Football League and lit up the NFL draft. Well, guess what? You got yourself a a head coach who's paid like a professional football head coach. (laughs) According to all reports, new 10-year deal. New 10-year deal worth $111 million. You know what? And we appreciate that. As does as does as does probably all all the uh, the uh, uh, collegiate athletes there who might not be uh, uh, taking math classes. Oh my! That's eleven million dollars a year. That's not bad. That's definitely more than some NFL head coaches. That's for sure. Eleven million bucks a year. So Kirby Smart 
I will just say this. Have we? I don't know if we've had him on. Have we, we had have him not. on? Uh, we have not. Had I don't want to hear ever out of his mouth a single – and I don't think he's made one yet either. Who knows? At some point, may happen. I don't know. I'm just front-loading it. We cannot hear out of his mouth ever again anything about players and the NIL and transfer portals and all that stuff. I am sorry. I, I, we that can't. would be the first. I've never really heard him. I know say that. I'm just saying. I'm just front loading it. Yeah. I'm just front loading it. Can't hear it. Can't have it. Won't have it. Can't win with him. <laughs> and um, because this is this is this is it. This is where we are. Head coaches in college football paid better than professional football head coaches in the National Football League. And it's all coming. It is all coming. What's the it? professionalism to the collegiate level. The Division I Council, according to Nicole Auerbach of The Athletic, recommending that the NCAA get rid of the one-time part of its transfer rule. What does that mean? Anyone would be able to transfer and have immediate eligibility if they meet academic standards. Provost is standing right there, making sure your, your grades are ready. Okay. You imagine... Some kid who is incredibly talented says, I want to transfer from this school to that school. And that school's provost says, yeah, we, we can't get the kid in academically. <laughs> it happens today. And I guess it'll happen here if they meet academic standards. Otherwise, athletes could transfer multiple times and play right away. According to Nicole, this coupled with transfer windows would allow athletes to compete right away at their new school as long as they have academic eligibility, provide notification of the intention to transfer during the transfer window. And it would be an increased burden on the schools that accept transfers. The school would be required to provide financial aid to the student athlete through the completion of the student's five-year period of eligibility or undergraduate graduation, meaning they'll have to pay for their education. Right? There's no scholarship, right, to a transfer student, I guess? I don't know. It's all common. That's, that's, and that's, if you will, um, that's more open than any free agency that you see in the NFL. Yeah, you know what? I don't like it here. I'm, I'm too buried on the depth chart. I got to get, I, I'm out of here. Well, how many... College football head coaches can say, I'm out of here on their contract and just go and wind up somewhere else and start dancing in, uh, in, in uh, recruiting videos for kids who don't come and be part of your family. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So coaches and athletic directors and schools might not like this. Why? Because a kid can just up and leave. Go. Out. You don't get any compensation for it. You give the kid a scholarship. He takes a spot. He doesn't like the spot. He wants to go to a different spot, leaving you with no uh, uh, no spot. What's a way around that? What will be a right way around that? What will be a way around that? Contracts. Sign it. You are with us for three years. You won't be able to transfer until year three. Two plus one. I mean, it's coming contracts unions i'm telling you and the way it happens is uh they're just going to form their own leagues so pete family's going to join us to talk about exactly this in about 20 minutes time
20 minutes time. Coaches being paid like professional football coaches. Players are going to be able to transfer. <laughs> Just what? Out? Don't like it? See you? Coach, play me. If you don't play me, I'm out. I'm going somewhere else. And then suddenly a kid leaves and starts transferring two, three times. What happens then? Does the next school take him? Man, oh man, oh man. And the NCAA is the one that's going to be running this. Get out of here. They're not going to have any handle on this at all. No. What a holy hell of a mess this is becoming. But hey, Kirby Smart's been paid. And the Georgia, know, Georgia kids will know, you come here, you've got that coach, you've got that NIL deal, you've got that path to the NFL. Georgia's handled. They're one of the halves. Alabama's one of the halves. All the halves getting together. Right now it's called the Southeast Conference. Soon it'll be called what? The... Uh, the, the, the might still be the Southeast, Southeast Conference. Conference. That's yeah. what they'll call it. Yeah, it'll still be the Southeast Conference. Still be the Big Ten. We we need we need two more. We need two more super leagues. That's it. We need two more. You got two at sixteen. Give me two more with sixteen, and then suddenly you got yourself four super leagues that will run their own championships. And whoever comes out of it, that's a fourteen playoff, right? Well, sixteen. You could have the top four in each each conference. Play it out. Yeah, or they just run their own conference, run their own championship. Oh, and then the winner. In the same way, the, the AFC oh, runs its own championship, and I the see. NFC runs its own championship, and the two meet in something called the Super Bowl. Sure, that works. So you got four super leagues come up with four of their champions, and off they go. And if you're not in oh, it, man, and if you're not in the, and if you're not in those four leagues, what's the uh, one of the many phrases I heard in camp? Tough noogies. <laughs> Tough noogies. <laughs> That's from my Camp Lacanda days. Another story uh, that uh, kind of hit us at the, after we went off the air. We hung up from Ian Rappaport um, talking about Jimmy G and uh, our friend uh, Adam Schefter reporting that uh, Jimmy G has been allowed to seek a trade. Hey you go find it. You go find the spot you want to go to. Say the San Francisco 49ers. You know what? I, I, I always like being right. I always like being right. Is it I the really thing do you like enjoy the a, most. You know what? As somebody who does it, something like this for a living and actually cares that what I say turns into something right, not that I'm throwing so many takes at the wall, you won't remember the bad ones that I have. I'll even bring up the bad ones that I've had. Don't trade for Giannis Atetokounmpo, still the, your clubhouse leader in the soon-to-be eight-year history of this program. <laughs> That's, I don't just throw things at the wall and hope you forget it or have no shame when you bring it up to me. <laughs> like some others in this business. But I do like being right. <laughs> Trey Lance's team. How many times have I been telling you this is Trey Lance's team? We even had Fred Warner on on Monday, and I'm like, it's Trey Lance's team, right? And he goes, well, I'm just... I'm not I'm just the pro, <laughs> right. I'm just the Pro Bowl linebacker yeah. here, okay? I play defense, Rich. They haven't really <laughs> said it yet. So I'll leave it up to them. That's what I'm like, but but if it is his team, you he, he's someone you can follow, right? Absolutely, no sure, because he knows it's his team. It's just not his job to say it. So Jimmy G's out. There's no way he's coming back. This was a this was a team that basically said Jimmy G's time is running short. The minute they struck the trade to go trade up. 
third overall two drafts ago. The minute they did that, the clock was ticking on Jimmy Garoppolo, and they had the ability to stick with him last year, cap-wise, locker room-wise, coach-wise, owner-wise, general manager-wise. They had the organization all set up to allow Garoppolo to stick around and do what he did last year and allow Lance the time that they felt he needed. It's his time now. So I've been telling you that for months. And you don't tell somebody to go ahead, seek a trade, and then keep him. The problem for the Niners is, is who's going to trade for somebody coming off of shoulder surgery who's just beginning to throw over the last few weeks? I guess Ian said yesterday he's making most of the throws, but the 40-yarders and things yeah, like that. Yeah, 40-yard out he right. had. He's saying, right. He, tough so, throw. <laughs> so, but, you know, again, you're going to acquire somebody – in the midst of training camp, who's going to do that for the freight $25 million that he is? Yeah, nobody. I don't think anybody's going to yeah. do it. And you take a look at Baker Mayfield, who's making less, who had to eat his own salary, portion of his own salary to get out for a 2024 fifth rounder that could go into a fourth rounder. My spidey sense tells me this is coming down to a release. And I don't know any other team that might think a different might think differently. They might, might, with circumstances that shake out, some horrible injury befalls a quarterback, a la Teddy Bridgewater from a few years ago. Suddenly, Sam Bradford, voila, needs to be acquired by a team, and Garoppolo could be that guy, and. If I'm the Niners, I would wait. I would wait to see if that happens. Because not only one, would that be the spot where Jimmy Garoppolo would be best for him is to get an opportunity immediately. But also, you don't release him. Releasing him opens up a path to Seattle. Which I would, if I'm San Francisco, do everything in my power to avoid. I don't want to see him in division. I don't want to see him twice a year. I don't need to do that. Why am I helping out my rival? That appears to be in a very difficult spot. I got to face them twice a year. I'd rather face uh, Gino. I'd rather face Drew Locke than Jimmy G. Right? If you're the Niners? I think so. That's just the way I'm seeing all of this playing out. Could somebody trade for him? Of course. Can somebody take salary, eat salary? Of course. I have no idea. Neither do the Niners. But right now they're giving him the opportunity to go seek it. You go find it. I don't know where, who, who's raising their hands to go get Jimmy G right now in a trade. And you keep seeing Houston. I don't buy that. I think Houston's all in on Davis Mills. And they, think, as well they should yeah, be. Yeah, I think he's pretty good. As well they should be. It's like they're not going to try. They're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't think they've got a team that can do it. You never know. This league is a, a you-never-know league. But why wouldn't they just um, – they just got a new head coach and Lovey Smith – just keep taking your lumps with Davis Mills, which, by the way, last year wasn't a lot of lo- – the, the Jets had more lumps with Zach Wilson. The Jaguars had more lumps with Trevor Lawrence. You could even say the, the Bears had more lumps with Justin Fields last year than what the Houston Texans did with Davis Mills. I don't buy that one. You're hearing the Browns, too, but the Browns are apparently bringing in A.J. McCarron and Josh Rosen for – a look-see. 
in case Watson has fewer than 17 games thrown at him by Sue L. Robinson, the judge who is considering his stat playing status for 2022. Oh, nice baby. His Jimmy G thing doesn't have a clear picture right now. Other than the fact that if you're a team in the NFL, why would you trade any draft capital for somebody who costs $25 million coming off of surgery on on one of his arms? You know? I don't see it. But the one thing that is for sure, for, for sure, and clear, is that it's Trey Lance's team. Now, that's not... The reason why we're having George Kittle on in hour number three. No, it's not. We're having George Kittle on in hour number three because of all of his plane travel <laughs> chatter that got caused by his tweet that we picked up and spent three hours talking about yesterday about <laughs> some individual in his exit row Good stuff. putting multiple bags in the overhead bin. And apparently, uh, George said thoughts on this, meaning... He was very upset about it. I'm like, hey, look, first in, first up. You've got multiple bags. You put it up there if there's space. Called you diabolical. Called me by <laughs> diabolical for that. Then you asked him, because he's in the middle row, uh, do you get both armrests? He said yes to that. Yeah. What was so I, yeah. I reached out to him. He has yet to re- respond on the uh, thorny issue of people reclining into right. your area from the seat row in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so George is going to be calling us, and I do believe he's calling us on his way to the airport back from wherever he was traveling. <laughs> oh, goodness. Another flight? Yes, indeed. I think he upgraded. I don't know. Wow. Somebody <laughs> stuck him in row 19D. Jeez. Now, I might, just might, at some point during the conversation, use the fact that he was in row 19 to bring up his number 19 on his team. Just a little bit. That might be my in. For a little bit of Debo chatter. Even though you promised. <laughs> but there's some Kyler Murray news to hit, everybody. Everybody. Okay, we'll get to that. And Pete Thamel of the Worldwide Leader in Sports to talk about Kirby Smart being paid like a professional football coach because it appears he is one. <laughs> 844-204-RICH, number to dial in the program. Malcolm Jenkins, the retiree, he's in town for the ESPYs. He wore a suit of his own design last night. Good. So he will be the second hour guest in the Rich Eisen studio. <laughs> Did I just rack up some charges? Ohio State going to sue me? Wow. I mean, for the, copyright infringement, a, trademark a cease infringement. This is being typed up as we speak. The <laughs> Circle TM guest of hour number two is Malcolm Jenkins. That's how we're rolling here on this busy Thursday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time. 
Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, Just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on Peacock Sirius XM, the Retrestral Radio audience rejoins us in a little bit over two minutes' time. That's when we'll bring in Pete Thamel of ESPN talk about everything going on in college football. I'm so thrilled to catch up with uh, somebody who knows all and uh, it'll be a great chat shortly um, February 28th was a date I remember it fondly because it was a date that this piece of paper first hit my desk <laughs> this piece of paper radio audience I'm holding up is a statement from Kyler Murray's agent Eric Burkhart and it was um, a very Jerry Maguire like manifesto Mission statement. Mission statement saying he wants to stay and win a Super Bowl. And then there were a whole bunch of uh, paragraphs about, you know, uh, Murray's worth and and how it seems like the Cardinals were not seeing his worth in what's called a volatile business. Actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business that was in bold. I mean, what a beautiful letter this is. The stationary Murray and then the, the in the bottom right corner in the KM. His initials right here, and hey, this is incredible. And I've had it on my desk all this time, thinking, you know, it's worth having. And, you know, with Murray not signing yet and thinking, you know, it would be germane to have on my desk. And here it is July 21st. And it's still germane when I arrived for work today. I'm going to miss this piece of paper. (laughs) I'm... This might be the last day. I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean, because it looks like, to use the McGuire phrase, someone's about to get a lot of qualm. Ian Rappaport saying, Monster extension will make Murray one of the NFL's highest paid player sources. Tell me and Tom Pelissero, after an offseason of drama, Murray could be locked in as Arizona's quarterback for years to come. And it took just a few minutes for that conditional phrasing to become a little bit more solid. Looks like it's a five-year deal coming, according to Ian. Murray's 24 years old, verge of doing a new five-year extension. Arizona's quarterbacks are slated to report to training camp today. This is Tom Pelissero. Yeah, two minutes ago, yes. uh, they have agreed to terms. Oh, that was fast. Extension through 2028. Massive. This piece of paper, it's been on my desk since February 28th. 
Should we get some of that? I'm glad it's still here because I need something to dab my tears. Should we get some of that Justin Hartley tequila and uh, pour it out? It's dusty in here. It's dusty in here. I I mean, it's literally dusty in here. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm going to miss this piece of paper. I can't quit it. I cannot quit this piece of paper. I'm going to leave it here for a while. I said we should laminate that. Congratulations, K1. Put it next to the belief. Congratulations, K1. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Outfit. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Um, he is uh, one of the best in the business covering the world of college football, or as the SEC might say it, professional football, as they are now paying their their coaches better than some NFL coaches. Kirby Smart, New Deal, reportedly 10 years, $111 million from ESPN, ESPN.com, and the family of networks there, Pete Family here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Pete? I'm not as good as Kyler or Kirby. That's right. <laughs> yeah, K- K- Kyler's new name, image, and likeness deal in the NFL is pretty much lit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so um, well, you know, it's it's crazy, um, Pete. I mean, I, I, is there any kimono anymore? Because it seems like the 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 world of college football, the way it keeps on moving, has not just ripped the kimono off or lifted it; it's just burned it. It's done. There is no kimono, right, in college football I- anymore. I cover professional football you do. university affiliations. It, right. That's what it is. And I've always really done that, but it has never been as naked and transparent as it is uh, it is right now. And that is simply an observation, not a complaint or a judgment. Of course. Uh, th- these guys have uh, have worked too hard and risked too much for too long to not be rewarded in, uh, in, in the ways that they're able to now. And so it is It is much-needed progress, and it's a little bit like they, they there was so much – so many obstacles to get here that, that now when the dam did finally break, it's a bit of a mess, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that there should be, uh, you know, guard. People always use these coded words. There just needs to be some rules. Like in, in the NFL, for example, like Kyler is signing a new contract, and when he's under contract, he can't sign a contract to someone else. Like it's just the the it, it is a little bit of a free for all that I think can really be harnessed with a little bit of guidance. But of course, when there's no one in charge of your multi billion dollar industry, that makes it a little bit more difficult. So yeah, yeah, I mean uh, that's that's the issue here, and that's that's why I think you know not just the money, uh, not just um, the television contracts, but the uh, the 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 want the need for guidelines and rules when it comes to name image and likeness when it comes to i guess what the division 1 council's talking about about just transfer period being anybody could go anytime multiple times and play right away as long as they have academic standards that are met um that that they're the only that that's the reason why there will be super leagues formed so they could create their own rules that the coaches and the schools in a smaller grouping will be able to agree on. And that, that will be an impetus more than anything else, Pete, you know, what do you I don't think? know if there was a question in there, but you went from everything from like an obscure NCAA council to super league. So I, the, the breadth of what you commented on was, uh, was impressive. Thank and- you. But no, yeah, there was there was all. not a question. Well, I guess what do yeah. you think is my question <laughs> to, uh, about all that, Pete? Yes, I think what you uh, your your thesis underscored that it's a bit of a mess right now, and uh, 
it the lack of there being leadership makes it a bit of an untenable mess. I think one thing that goes missing a little bit, Rich, in this is that the Supreme Court itself actually has sort of paved the way for what this thing is going to look like in the future. And I do firmly believe and have written and written before uh, the USC UCLA move was that that conferences are not going to be subject to antitrust rules, whereas overall NCAA and college sports decisions could be. And so. In, in a sense, mm. uh, Justice Kavanaugh and the crew there gave a roadmap to how college athletics could, could look. So, for example, if the SEC now decides it wants 22 baseball scholarships, I believe there's 11.7 or 11.9, some number like that now, like they can do that. And then it's going to be up to the ACC to decide if it wants to do that. So there's uh, a bunch of proposals right now that are being discussed about limiting coaching uh, positions. Right now there's obviously 10 staff members who can go on the road and are sort of full-time coaches, and there's a billion analysts and such anyway. But, like, why should you limit the amount of coaches who can coach players on the field? I think that's a little bit inefficient and counterproductive, right? Like, if you, you know, why choose to have a special teams coach, for example, or not have a special teams coach or an extra D tackle or VN coach or whatever? I, I think the more coaching, the, the better. So all these little... All these little things are going to be decided, but I don't. I think the notion of someone becoming in charge. We need a commissioner. Everybody says we need a commissioner. Well, do you think someone can just magically appear atop the food chain and everyone's going to just listen to them? All these leagues, the, the the commissioners have the most power. They certainly have more power than Mark Emmert, who basically hasn't been woken up from a long nap in about eight years uh, in charge of the NCAA. And then they just they just then she just committees everything to death, right? So this latest. You know, this transformation committee that's meeting, and I, I hope they come up with proposals that change and clarify and guide the you know whole enterprise forward, but I've seen about eight committees hailed to be transformational. So I'm not exactly holding my breath. This is the one that's going to transform it. So I hope they do, but uh, my, my cynicism has been developed over seeing a lot of untransformational committees, uh, including the Condoleezza Rice one to, you know, clean up college basketball five years ago in the wake of the... Uh, in the wake of the scandal, and they still haven't punished hardly anybody from that. So it's, uh, yeah, it is a beautiful game and a terrible business. And uh, I don't see either of those things changing. Thankfully, ESPN, the games remain beautiful. ESPN College Football Senior Writer Pete Thamel here on the Rich Eisen Show. Moments ago, you asked, you know, you know who would be a commissioner, right? I mean, somebody's not just going to appear that everyone would listen to uh, in lieu of all that. I, I, I think the the commissioner of college football is Greg Sankey. He sounds like one. He looks like one, um, and 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 it does appear he holds a lot of cards. I understand there's the Big Ten still as well, having just brought in, you know, having turned right here Los Angeles into Big Ten country. But Sankey, you know, uh, absolutely is leading the conversation about college football playoffs and things of that nature. What did you learn from SEC Media Week, Pete Thamel? Well, I, I think I learned that if you're going to be Big Ten country in L.A., you should get Big Ten weather three months a year. Sorry. Hard pass, sir. Hard pass. Late I'll take turned leaves, skies, but other than that, you know. Late skies and cold winds right down sunset. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, what I learned from uh, SEC media is, is interesting, right? Like, we're, we're in this era of a power two, and I'm certainly not afraid to call it that because that's what the finances dictate. I'm sitting here at ACC Media Day doing this interview, so I'll probably get some dirty looks from uh, <laughs> the folks outside the so-called gated communities, as, uh, as Jim Phillips called them yesterday. But, um, yeah, and the the Greg Sankey versus Kevin Warren dynamic is going to be a dynamic that, that shapes the future of the of the whole uh, the whole sport. 
just like Mike Slava and Jim Delaney did, you know, in a, in a, in a past generation. Uh, the the Sankey Warren dynamic is more adversarial than than maybe this live uh, this live Delaney dynamic was, and uh, it's uh, it, it's very interesting. Each of those leagues obviously is uh, primarily tied to uh, tied to a large cable television network or large television network, so that obviously uh, adds to some of the intrigue around this stuff, Rich. But it, you know, my my takeaway from SEC media is look, they've won twelve of the last sixteen national titles, and uh, hmm. I think what Clemson. Ohio State and Florida State won. Clemson won two, and those were the uh, those were the other ones. So they are the dominant league, and the the, the statistics certainly uh, certainly dictate that. And you know, when Michigan goes and lays a dinosaur egg in the playoff like they did last year, Rich, it doesn't help that dynamic. So um, that was a joke. But the, <laughs> yeah, it uh, fell flat. It fell flat. Um, I could tell. I you know, tell. it fell yeah. flat, Pete. But I'm uh, <laughs> but I, I, the imagery is vivid. No question about it. So 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 the question is is you know the SEC says they're they're not looking to expand, right? Um, and and so did, have we just seen the seismic movement uh, of of 2022, or is there more to come? What do you, what do you what do you see from 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 that question? I, I I've been writing that uh, we're in a period of peace until that period ends, right? Like there's <laughs> yeah. no movement until there is, and you know the dynamic of like the, the, there's a clear moat between the power two leagues and everybody else, and it, I don't think we're going to see a flurry of movement next week uh, from those two uh, in particular. But I think to sit here and say in five years they're not going to be at 20 would be naive too. Like they're, they're going to move at some point, and they're, it's, it's a little bit like spy versus spy. There's binoculars in suburban nice. Chicago, and there's binoculars in Birmingham, and they're peering at each other constantly. And, you know, the available, viable, and profitable chess pieces are few. So um, Notre Dame obviously being the primary among those. And then, you know, to, you know if each is going to add four – to, to keep around numbers, you know, there's, there's, it's not like a list of 30 they're picking from, right? Um, it's the, the, the two Pacific Northwest schools, and then there's sort of your, your menu du jour of ACC schools, and that's obviously a thicket of the grant of rights, which I won't bore your listeners with uh, legal jargon, but basically um, it will be expensive and legally risky for schools to leave the ACC in the next 14 years. That's not to say one won't do it within that 14-year period of time, but I don't see um, you know, anyone imminently taking that up. So there's pressure on the ACC now to find new ways to generate revenue. So, um, wow. But yeah, long story short, like, the next move is going to be dictated in a large part by whoever wants to, you know, feels the need to grab properties deemed valuable. So that that is you know long short like North Carolina to me is fascinating because they're one of the few schools that would actually fit in both leagues that would be desired by both leagues. There's a like the ninth biggest state in the country, the Charlotte Raleigh market. There's good players in the state of North Carolina, very very good players in the state of North Carolina, and it's a great brand, right? UNC um, basketball is very good, which probably matters 15 percent of the whole thing, but it <laughs> certainly doesn't hurt to have the you know the heels playing on a Monday night in April. Um, that's a that's a good thing, and you know UNC football has been generally irrelevant for uh, for the last generation. But uh, Mac Brown has recruited well; they hadn't necessarily played well the last two years. But it's you could see them, you know, playing Penn State in the Big Ten, and you could also see them playing South Carolina 
right? Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting uh, you choose North Carolina out of all the like Clemson is the first one on everyone's lips, right? And then now sure. Miami <laughs> with uh, Mario Cristobal there, you know, bouncing the turnover chain, and you know, you got Florida State, right? I mean, so sure. why? Well, I just think geographically, right? Yeah, it fits in both, and. I don't necessarily know if you can see Clemson in the Big Ten, right? And that's not knocking Clemson. They have earned on the field more than anybody in the sport, not named Alabama in the last decade. So that, but there, there is, uh, you know, I I roll my eyes at myself when I mention this, but there is AAU schools, and the Big Ten still does have a bit of snobbery, uh, despite offering you a degree, Rich. They're still they they still hold themselves to some high standards up there. So. Uh, they're, you know, fit in presidents and all that stuff does become important. So, but I just bring up Carolina because I could see that being one coveted by both places, but more so not wanting the other one to get it. Does that make sense? Sure, of course. Like, I mean, it, it, it's it's it, that's that's the the battle that you talk about the spy versus spy. Yes. Great Mad Magazine reference that you mentioned Thank between you. Uh, the SEC's home office and the Big Ten's home office. And just because I know Pete Family, you're a journalist of the highest order. The Big Ten offered me two degrees uh i went to northwestern oh, wow. graduate school uh just wanted to wow. make sure you understood that that might sound <laughs> like a humble brag a but I'm, this is all this is all <laughs> in the spirit of accuracy uh pete yes. uh okay pete thamel here on the rich eisen show so before i let you go notre dame what is their move what what in the world is their strategy right because the the word was the big 10 wanted them with usc um didn't get that and uh, so, what what is Notre Dame's deal right now? So, so Rich, I think they're enjoying their uh, newfound popularity. If you, if you think <laughs> about when Jack Swarbrick took over, maybe twelve, fifteen years ago, I vividly remember because I was at the game. It was Big Ten weather. Uh, Charlie Weiss lost to UConn at home. Mm. Uh, the great, the great Randy Edsel trounced. <laughs> the Irish in South Bend. So there weren't exactly uh, visions of grandeur of playoff appearances and undefeated seasons and such since then. So you fast forward to now, they're the, uh, the prettiest date on the dance floor. Um, and here is Notre Dame is not going to go to a league unless they're forced to, or they see scenarios unfolding that forces them to join a league. So there's four years left rich on the CFP contract. There's four years left on their NBC deal. Um, I don't think they do anything until the future of both of those things becomes clearer. The CFP is really the key here. If the CFP is organized in a way that limits severely Notre Dame's access to the playoff, there's probably a better chance that they'll join, uh, they'll, they'll join a league. And then, but that's probably going to take two years for, uh, for all those commissioners who aren't exactly getting along famously right now. It's going to take about two years for them to decide on that. So I think Notre Dame's going to sit back and, and wait that out. And then I think they're in a really good position to cash in on a TV deal. They've had what three undefeated seasons in the last decade or so under Brian Kelly, uh, regular seasons, I should say. Um, they played for the BCS title poorly, but they played for it. And they made two, two playoffs, obviously, uh, under Brian after that. So I really feel like if you're Notre Dame right now, th- there will be a lot of bidding because they're Notre Dame. A streaming service has a lot easier time buying six or seven home games a year than they would you know, taking on a league package and having to, you know, put the Tuesday night Utah Washington State game on television or whatever. Mm. Like there's a there's a lot of infrastructure that goes into a lot of these deals and Notre Dame doesn't really they offer a lot of pop without a lot of the backroom investment. So I really think Notre Dame would be in position to cash in in a significant way. And if it was always all about money for Notre Dame, they would have joined a league a long time ago. They make less annually 
from TV stuff than like ACC schools do and certainly Big Ten schools do. So I think Notre Dame is going to sit back and monitor the chessboard, enjoy its uh, enjoy its newfound status as the prettiest girl in the uh, in the dance floor, and and they they will they will wait. And, and see how the other moves uh, unfold. But they haven't been in a rush to join a league for a century, um, and I don't think they're going to continue that. Here's one little good spy versus spy nugget for you. Yes. I am skeptical that the SEC would agree to a playoff that boxes out Notre Dame and forces them to join the Big Ten. Does that make sense? Walk because they'd be essentially that. giving mm-hmm. the Big Ten the best property on the board, and that's bad business. So... I think they'd create a playoff. And look, it, the playoff, people forget, Rich, is really a television contract. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And it will probably be a two-network television contract. So I don't see the playoff imminently becoming exclusive because whatever those two TV networks are, they're going to own properties outside of the Big Ten and the SEC, right? So they're going to want those properties to have a vibrant shot at the playoff they, they they're not going to undercut their other investments by terming them second tier and not giving them access to the playoff does that make sense yes yeah, so when greg sankey says this week you know hey that whole idea i said that other people outside of our world can be part of a playoff that we'd agree to yeah let's go back to the drawing board where none of those can come in um he, he's kind of what not not uh, not telling the truth because if he does that so that, that forces Notre Dame to the Big Ten or, or something well, like no, that. What he said this week was like, let's not have automatic qualifiers for the playoff. Let's just bring in the top ranked four, eight, twelve teams. Right. So now it's both logical and completely self serving, right? Because six of the twelve teams <laughs> could be from the SEC some years. Five yes. of the twelve teams could be from the SEC some years. And yes. Some years. The Pac-12 might not have a team there, so they're going to make it. So, like every everyone's you know, stance on this is rooted in their own rooted in their own reality. Yes. But one of the realities that was reinforced uh, in the past month is that the Big Ten, and the SEC, are going to have likely a bigger say in in how that's shaped. Pete Thamel, really appreciate the time. There's so much. I literally could talk to you for a full hour, but. Um, uh, you've got to go back to your gig, and i got to get to a commercial break. I appreciate the time. Let's do this again. Please look for my call more often. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate you, it. You bet. That's Pete Thamel right here on the Rich Eisen Show from the worldwide leader in sports. Dinosaur egg, huh? That was a big goose egg. Big Oops. goose egg. Yeah, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break. Kyler Murray's contract, we now know the money. He has been shown the money. The question is, was he shown the money that Deshaun Watson was shown? That's part of the conversation we're going to have when we come back on The Rich Eisen Show before Malcolm Jenkins joins us in studio. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. 
O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Put your hands together for the most recent Heisman Trophy winner, Kyler Murray, Oklahoma. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. You bet. You made the Super Bowl. Yeah. You're, you're not even. In, you're not even. Uh, I well, I don't even know if you're going to be in the league yet or not. <laughs> I guess we'll find that out. Yeah, we will. What did it mean for you to win the Heisman Trophy? Well, that was a dream come true. I mean, it's it's still really hasn't really set in. It's weird. Um, you know, it, I don't say my life changed, but you know, just. Everywhere, everywhere I go, people notice me, um, stuff like that. So uh, I, something I've always dreamed of, obviously. So, you know, I'm not surprised by any of the reactions and stuff like that, but it's definitely a blessing. Okay. And where is that trophy right now? I sleep next to it. <laughs> it's on your nightstand? Yeah. So it's good morning Heisman every type, day? Yeah, tight. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's right there next to, like, there's a night table next to Kyler Murray's bed and the Heisman Trophy's resting Yes, right sir. Now. That's amazing. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you've had it in your arms like you've been spooning with it by accident? No, no, there's no spooning. There's no, there's no Heisman spooning? No. And by the way, I would absolutely I you, spoon I with you. the Heisman if I won the Heisman. I've only received, well, I have received the Heisman. It was right. asking for prom dates back in high school. I got the Heisman a lot. Oh, gosh. So like new, new fantasy name, Heisman Spooning? Heisman Spooning is a great fantasy team name. Now taking part in the Rich Eisen Show Throw Challenge. Kyler Murray, is this the first NFL Duke ball that you have thrown? That's an NFL. Oh my God, you won't even answer that. Wow. Go for it, Kyler. Go for it. That's one. That's one. Here we go. That's two. Kyler Murray, everybody. That's three. By the way. That's four. Those are all Duke NFL footballs. Just wanted everyone to know that. First overall pick. First overall That's pick. That's four. That's five. Wow. These are the footballs Kurt Warner complained about. That's six. That's seven. That's eight. Oh, my goodness. Here, let's get some. Uh, here we go. Keep going. I'm on. You got one more? Hold on, this is getting, this is getting bad. Here we go. No, yeah, it's getting bad. You got seven for first seven. 
Good enough. Seven out of ten. Kyler Murray. Good to see you, man. Appreciate it. Congratulations, he won the Heisman and it seems the Rich Eisen throwing contest in the same year. That's a first. No one could ever take that away from you. Fun stuff, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen show for our entire show archive. And Kyler Murray uh, able to rebound from that one. <laughs> oh boy back here on nbc sports on peacock nbc sirius xm back here on the rich eisen show terrestrial radio network as well rogue irons callaway didn't just create their longest irons ever with the new rogue st they made their longest irons ever perform at the highest level for every player rogue st irons come in four different offerings each model using artificial intelligence on high strength 450 steel look it's the only irons ever to do so four different offerings you're going to love the rogue st max it's the one that i've been using widest range of players this is exactly what it fits because of a great combination of speed forgiveness all-around performance if you're a low to mid single digit handicapper the rogue st pro is the one for you game improvement you will need a game improvement model that's the max os that's for the mid to high handicappers forgiveness comes with high launch wide soles enhanced offset the max os like the most high forgiving high launch iron that's for players with slower swing speeds look no other irons perform like the new rogue st irons find your rogue st irons at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue february 28th when the statement came out from the uh, uh agent of of kyler murray putting the um the the cardinals in quite the bind going into combine week that uh hey you're not paying my guy my guy is uh is not happy my guy wants to stay you're the one who's forcing him to go in this note that he sent to everybody in the uh the valley the great community of the valley stating his two very important goals and objectives he actually wants to be your long-term quarterback he desperately wants to win the super bowl those were his two goals according to eric burkhart i kept this statement here because this statement if you remember came after he scrubbed his instagram account the Monday of Super Bowl week when everybody's paying attention to this stuff, right? And then this happened, the combine happened, and we were still talking about it, and nothing happened. Nothing happened prior to the draft, wasn't traded. Nothing happened at the draft. Nothing happened after the draft. Nothing happened with OTAs. Nothing happened until today, July 21st. This missive is now just, we should send this to uh, Canton. And by this, I mean this piece of paper because it's been legendary on this desk. Saying this should be hung in the Louvre, Rich. Uh, I'm telling you, right? Hang it. Hang it in the Louvre. Hang, hang it. it. Hang it. No longer operative. The statement, except for, I guess, the two objectives. Because Kyler Murray has been signed. And the Cardinals just sent out, this is the Kyler Murray extension tweet. That's funny. There it is. Five-year extension. So it's six years this year and then the five years after that. And uh, keeps them through, uh, through the 2028 season there in Arizona. And um, so what are the numbers? Because the conversation has all been about Deshaun Watson for many reasons. One of them being he was given a contract by the Browns with all of his outstanding issues. One way to put it, still outstanding. He got every dollar guaranteed with 230 million of them, right? Yep. So... Did Kyler get everything guaranteed? He did not actually get everything guaranteed. He does get a deal worth $230.5 million, so he can make all of that, but the guaranteed dollars is $160 million, and then the, the whole average per year 
according to our boy Shefty. And uh, I also saw this from Ian as well, just to make sure I'm taking care of all friends. $46.1 million a year. That's the second highest paid quarterback average, I believe, Aaron Rodgers has won. Yeah, also also worth noting that Deshaun Watson's average is 46. Okay. And Kyler's so, is 46. 46. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the man who wrote the, the famed missive can point to, you know, second highest annual average. The annual average is higher than Deshaun Watson's, and the money that he can potentially earn is bigger than Deshaun Watson's. But the team can say, not everything's guaranteed. We are not cutting that huge-ass check that the Haslam's did to put into escrow. That's not happening. So let it begin. Here we go. The conversation is going to be this. Does he deserve it? And I know you don't like the answer, Chris. I'm going to give it to you because I say it every time. Yes, he deserves it because it was his turn. And it was his turn. And the market says this. And that's what the market is for quarterbacks who are drafted first overall and show a generationally talented ability. And even though he has yet to win a playoff game, and even though he has only three years under his belt, and normally everybody waits to the fourth year before the fifth-year option needs to be picked up before they make a contract like this for the player like this, unless there's somebody like, say, Josh Allen out there who has won playoff games. Yes, he deserves it because it's his turn to get it, and he got it. One day... A team will turn to the player. I don't know if we'll be alive on this day. We'll turn to a player in this situation and say, no, you will not get it. And it's a matter of fact, you're going to have to earn it by winning a playoff game. And if you don't, we'll send you on your way. That's it. See you later. And we'll go back to the draft and we'll start again and try and win a Super Bowl in the first iteration of a contract because that's when it's cheapest for us. And we could spread the money around and build a team in a salary cap world for a roster that can win a Super Bowl. That's what we're going to do, and sorry, that day may never happen. I don't think it'll happen while we're alive, and that's why I say, yes, he deserves it. The question is, though, will he earn it in the figurative way? We, we, also, we watched the playoff game, right? Win it. Now, the playoff game. We watched it, right? Look, man, no DeAndre Hopkins. That You got you to put it all together. And he looked overwhelmed, and the Rams were Super Bowl worthy, and the Cardinals weren't. And every single year that he's been in the in the pros for the Cardinals, the Cardinals have come on, done well in the first two, three months. This is the Kingsbury Cardinals as well, and just regressed. This year, Deion Hopkins was out. Last year, he had that incredible Hail Mary grab, the Hail Murray. And then the team hardly won a game after that. They don't finish well. And this year, they're going to have to start well without DeAndre Hopkins. And they're going to be looking at Kyler Murray and saying, you are one of the highest paid players in the league, or will be when your contract extension kicks in. And you should do well without your guy because you're that quarterback being paid that much. And how will Murray handle all of that? He is not in the Northwest. I mean, the Northeast. So that's not going to be something that's churned up right. on the sports talk radio 24-7, 365 on multiple radio stations and you know a dozen media outlets going to his locker right after. So he is in a good spot for that. But it's on Carter. Here we go. And will he feel the, the pressure, as we say in the business? Well, guess what? When you're paid that much money, Ooh, you, you should win football games no matter that your all-pro receiver's out. 
no matter that you're in the division of the defending Super Bowl champs, go win the game. Go win the game with your arms and your legs. Go win the game with your Kyler Murray, two touchdowns in the air, two on the ground, and come up with the win. Go win a game, win MVP. Go to Super Bowl. He has now officially entered <laughs> that realm with that like. contract. So that's the question. But that's who gets paid this money. His two, his two you know, objectives was he wants to be your long-term quarterback. Check. He desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. Now it's time to deliver on that. All eyes on Arizona. Well, we know they're going to make it because the Super Bowl is in Arizona. Uh-huh. This year, so. Well done. You know, uh, well done on that. It's a given, man. I, 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 <laughs> they, they have got themselves a really good roster. But now it's going to be more of, okay, Kyler, you've been paid. And he has set a standard. You And, and the Cardinals have as well. You can pay your guy this this way before his fourth year. Right. You can pay your guy this way right after year three, before year four. And this is exactly what Baker wanted to do. Cleveland wasn't into it. Well, you know who the happiest guy in the NFL is right now. Lamar Jackson? Absolutely. Lamar's like Lamar's getting ready to be paid. He reported to trading camp today. He's there. I mean, Lamar's average number is gonna have a five in front of it. Well, Lamar's average number is going to go up, I would think, from this. Because Kyler never won MVP. Kyler's yet to win a playoff game. Lamar has done both. Lamar means the same to his franchise as Kyler obviously does to his. But, you know, Lamar's in a year in front of him, draft-wise. A year in front of him, draft-wise. And what a crazy-ass world we live in right now, man. Baker and Sam Darnold from that draft with Lamar Jackson are on the same team. They're in the same quarterback room right now. Lamar can now get more money than the guy who says he can become the second-highest-paid quarterback on an annual basis. And Josh Allen is your current odds-on favorite to win the MVP and the Super Bowl. That's your quarterback draft class from 2018, first round. And on the day that Kyler Murray is generationally enriched by the Cardinals, Josh Rosen, that fifth first-round choice who Arizona chose and then won and done for Kyler Murray, he's now trying to become the backup to the backup of the guy who makes the most guaranteed money in the league, Deshaun Watson, from the draft previous to all of them. And he might not play at all this year because of everything else. Crazy. What a wild world in the NFL we live in.